You are listening to Fairy Tales Dog Rescue. Follow us down the rescue road. Um, and we are a nonprofit based here in San Francisco. F A I R Y T A I L S. Welcome to Fairy Tales Podcast. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, Louise. How's it going? It's going well, my friend. We are back. Yes, we've been on a hiatus, and it's been nice to take a hiatus, And but it's even better to be back. Summer 2023 has uh, been quite busy. For you who have followed us on Instagram, you have been able to follow Reverend Cookie's uh, journey to his happily ever after. That is an incredible story as well because, you know, if you look at the list of dogs that are on the pull list that are at risk to be euthanized, it is generally big dogs like the Reverend. Um, And so he had a pretty good story. Do you want to expand on it? Yeah, so he was uh, fostered by a lovely couple uh, who mm-hmm. uh, were very excited to uh, rescue a shepherd. And um, wh- when they got him home, uh, he, he just like went bonkers energy-wise. And he never seemed to have been in a, a home before, like a pet. And he just uh, it just became evident that he was very confused about the situation. And he had a lot of built-up energy. And the poor guy was just neutered, too, because we rescued him. Yeah, oh, my God. Uh, and oh, so he had all on? this energy. Exactly. <laughs> He had all this energy, and he wanted to run, but you're not allowed to run for, like, two weeks after you get neutered. So Mm. it was just, it it just, like, egged up to uh, a really stressful situation. And the thing is that that these people have to work a lot and uh, travel for work, and he needed so much uh, training. And um, it became a little worrisome where they realized, you know, or we realized that uh, in order for him to compete with all the other like thousands yeah. of shepherds that are out there also looking for a home, he has to really like step up on his manners and he has to do it fast. Yeah. And these guys are so busy. And luckily, they were like the most generous people who donated for Reverend Cookie to uh, go into an in-home training program uh, where it's just, you know, hardcore, super focused uh, training where the dogs go in and, um, you know, work on their issues really intensely and they have great progress. And then it's uh, this knowledge is transferred to um, the pet parent. It's great. So that's what happened to Reverend. And once he went in there... Um, the woman actually fell so in love with him, the dog trainer, mm-hmm. that she asked, like, can I please like, just continue to foster him after he uh, graduates from the program? And uh, everyone said, of course. It was like a miracle because yeah. it was such a, it's such an amazing, truly a fairy tale story because this, is, this, doesn't, this doesn't happen, but it happened. And the fact that he was... Uh, those that lovely couple donated to have his training is huge. Um, and then she turned out to be a foster and he got adopted, um, which is the best 
happily ever after by an adorable couple. So you want to tell them because you are the one. Did you meet them or did uh, Yeah, I met them, of course. I thought Jordan did. (coughs) She dropped them off, right? Yeah, well, she had some meetings with them initially. Yeah. But yeah, uh, they are a lovely couple and Reverend is so happy in his new home. Oh, yes. He's living here in San Francisco. Oh, my God. And he's just... He's just so happy. The photos they send over, it's like, you know, you can tell when a dog is smiling. And he, Reverend, is totally smiling. Oh, my God. Such a beautiful story. Yeah. And his name is Rev. Uh, I I think uh, his dad was so funny. He said... uh, uh, about the name Reverend Cookie, about them not keeping it. Oh. He said, we're gay, but we're not that gay. <laughs> and that is hilarious. Yeah, if they, yeah, if they had the dog named Reverend Cookie, people like, oh, my God, that's cute. It's not really the kind of name you want to, like, call out in the, in the dog park. And that's the thing, like, we name most of our dogs fairy tale names, but we also know that most people change the names, which is why we can do like really funny, goofy names because they don't always stick. We know they're most likely yeah. not going to stay. So it's yeah. like, yeah, you can go all out with that. And Reverend Cookie was a fun dog name, but yeah, not a great name to call in the dog park. Well, what is his name? It's Rev. They're calling him Rev. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. I like Rev. It's a great dog name. Right. Rev. Yeah. It's short. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations, Rev, and also that wonderful, amazing foster that took Rev um, just fostered another dog in need. Oh, that's right. Yes, we have a new foster dog we want to tell you about. Uh, So this lovely dog trainer, like you said, she just took on our next foster, and her name is Minerva. Minerva. She Great is name. a six-month-old shepherd girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's really cute. She's got this sweet, adorable face. Um, and she was, was in the shelter with several other siblings who are still on the list that desperately need help to be pulled. So she got lucky. She was the lucky one, Minerva. Um, yeah, and you ask yourself, how the heck do a bunch of six-month-year-old shepherds end up on the street in a shelter? Well, we know why, because people aren't doing the right thing. But this is this is the whole point of our podcast, is that we're trying to spread awareness. The more knowledge we have, the more power we have to fix this problem. And um, the problem is backyard breeding, spay and neutering, not... Yeah. Yeah. I mean... And, you know, that's something uh, I thought about recently, Tiffany, uh, because... When you look at the numbers and the statistics of uh, what uh, different areas are responsible for putting dogs in shelters, it it is the puppy mills that are the most responsible for putting dogs in shelters. Mm. But when we look in the shelters, you know, like what we see the most are pit bulls, shepherds, huskies, and so on. And these are not really puppy mill dogs. No. So and these are these are backyard breeder dogs more. Yeah. 
these are backyard breeder dogs or, or people who just don't get their dogs fixed. They got their dog from a backyard breeder. So that means they weren't going to get them fixed. The benefit of getting from a shelter or a, or a rescue is that you're getting a dog that's spayed and neutered and has all the vaccines, a microchip. It's like all of those wonderful things that you need before you take a pet home. So we really have to stop this because what people do is they, they get, they pick up a pet or somebody had, oh, my dog had a litter of puppies. Do you want some? And then they, what do they do? They go, oh, I'll take one. But the cost of getting the spay and neuter and the vaccine and all of those things can be very expensive. So it's, it's not an understanding of what it takes to take care of a dog properly. Well said, Tiffany. And, um, Let's move on. What, what is weighing on your heart that you wanted to share with us? Weighing on my heart? Mm. But earlier today, you texted me that you found an oh. owl. You texted me a picture of a dead owl that you found. Oh, and then right. there wasn't even an explanation. It was just a picture of a dead owl. And I said, ooh, don't throw it away. It's really cute. And I have so many questions. Yes, I and, know. It's yeah. really random. It's very random. But, you know, nonetheless, I, nonetheless, I have a beautiful, oh, my God, a beautiful owl in my possession. So a friend of mine was driving in Reno and uh, with, with his friend. And they were, like, coming back from a trip or something. And, you know, it's a, these roads are, like, one-lane one roads. So it's one, you know, one going like south, one going north, back right next to each other. So you can't, so if something's in the middle of the road, so they saw this brown bag, like in the middle of the road, so they like couldn't turn right or left because it'd be on oncoming traffic and it'd be, it's dangerous. So they hit the bag, um, they got home, and this owl was cradled into the bumper. Like it was more like the car just scooped him off the road, like scooped him safely off the road because he was just cradled in this little, his bumper had like a, not his bumper, but his grill had like a scoop in front of it and um he was um still alive oh he was still alive he or she was still alive i know so they they you know rubbed her belly tried to give her some water and then well first her her, they knew she was alive because then she they went when they rubbed he was rubbing her belly her her eyes opened you can imagine eyes the eyes owls of Oh, they have the beautiful. big, beautiful eyes. And I bet she was terrified. She was probably terrified. Yeah. Oh, and boy. And she, when she uh, tried, they gave her a little bit of water, but then they, when she opened her beak, there was like, you could see there was blood in there. Who knows? But then she passed quickly. So she, I mean, an owl is a spirit animal, you know? Mm. And um, it's, it's a, they're very special and beautiful. And, and you don't get to see them very often because they're, they're, you know, birds of the night. That's why I was so excited. Yeah. I don't mean to be disrespectful. Yeah. Of, but it is really cool. Like, it's, yeah. So, it's, it's, wow. yeah, you know, it's beautiful. And so I asked him, like, oh, my gosh, I want to see it. Can you bring home, you know, I want to give you a fret. And he, I didn't, I don't, I didn't particularly ask to bring him, bring him home, but he did. And I'm glad he did. But he brought me this beautiful owl in a box, cradled in all this nice, comforting, um, and so I called a friend of mine, her, her name's LJ. She, you know, grew up in Indiana. She 
she knows how to, you know, she's a, she's kind of like a hick. She knows stuff about, but she's not even that. She's not just a, a hick. hick. She, <laughs> okay. She is like an amazing human being. She's like this, one of the smartest people I know. She's like super cr- fashionable, creative, cool. But she also knows a lot about animals. Because I'm like, I know, I need to call LJ. Because LJ is the type of person, this is a true story. She, I, she, she one time saw a pregnant, very pregnant possum on the side of the road, got hit or something, and like it just happened or something, and she went over and she, she gave basically cut the possum open, took the babies out, and saved them, and she kept you know fed them, nursed them back to wow. life for the mother. Yeah, this is L J. She also knows you know yeah she she's an interesting person. She's like. If a rat gets into her house, which is similar to you, but she, she'll, like, play with it and pet it. Like, she'll make friends with the rat that comes in the house. I'll do the same thing. I know. You do the same thing. So, yeah. You, yeah. So, she's, like, that kind of person. I'm yeah. Like, oh. So, that's who you called yes. when you found a dead owl. So, she, she said, because I was like, oh, maybe I can do taxidermy. And she's like, oh, yeah, I know how to do it. This is what you do. And she's like, oh, yeah, she's taxidermied before. I'm like, I don't know if I can stomach that. But I go, okay, I was thinking of paying for it. It was probably expensive. And then she said, you know, to keep the skeleton. And she told me how, what I need to do to let it decompose. It's going to take like six to nine months, but you have to let it decompose naturally. And she was describing how all the bugs, you will know, eat it away. It's like, it'll clean it away. And it's like actually a really beautiful thing. First I was like, ew, that's kind of gross. But then I'm like, that's actually beautiful. It's so na- how nature takes care of the body and just all the, you know, the, the bugs come in. And she was describing, she was telling me which kind of bugs come in. Like she knew everything. I was like, wow. So I think it sounds like, you know, beautiful to in my eyes um, to have this with this owl. Um, let another, bring him back to Mother Nature, you know. Um, and because that's. Yeah, just let it have its natural yeah. de- decomposition yeah. process. And then, um, and then keep the bones. It's like a, just. Yeah, it's like a sounds like a pagan ritual. Yes. So I was hoping you'd be you want you be part of this with me because an owl is a very special spirit creature creature, and I know you'd be interested. Oh, but then we have to do some kind of thank you ritual to the owl. We will, but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep. But it will stink. It's gonna be disgustingly stinky. So it can't work where I live. So I asked Michael if I could keep it in the back of the backyard, and he said yes. Oh, perfect. Yeah. All right. All righty then. Yeah. That is settled. Okay. <laughs> Um, There's something else. Oh, there's something else. We have other good news. We have shared Wendy. Wendy. Oh, Wendy is our other dog, and she is a rescued puppy mill mama. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So uh, tell us the story, Tiffany. So this is an interesting story. Uh, Pay attention because this is what you. Pay attention. Women in relationships or men in relationships that are don't accept your pets, no, no. That is a big no, no. Big no, no. That's not a good sign yeah. of a good relationship. That is a sign that you need to leave the relationship. Yes, absolutely. So, a friend, uh, someone, one of our dedicated fosters who's adopted two dogs from us, who is an amazing woman, um, she's a nurse and she knows, you know, lots of people because she works at uh, UCSF. Um, in the emergency, like childcare, but she she's a, she's also a dog lover, but she's someone she an acquaintance that she knows has a boyfriend who moved in and threw Wendy across 
the hall or the room because she had an accident in the house. And that is just uh, the most horrible thing to do to a dog, obviously. Yeah, but she kept the boyfriend and our dedicated foster took Wendy in her home. So that's well, you good know, news. If this woman has children, has babies with this guy, I sure hope that he also throws those babies into the wall when they have accidents in the house. Well, I don't hope for that, but I do hope that the, this person who is with him realizes she met she's she chose a shitty human being. Like why would you want I know that's someone like I'm that in your life is, doesn't make sense. It's, be your dog. It's like your that's your family. I would like. Luckily, she agreed to uh, give the dog to our wonderful yes. foster. So now Wendy is safe and sound. She's not getting thrown around for having accidents in the house. Plus, she's also potty broken now. She's, I mean, housebroken. Housebroken, and she's actually she's probably just scared because of that person. She got so many applications. She's because she's so cute. I mean, she's a beautiful white poodly girl, and um, she has amazing applications. So for, yeah. yeah, we had so many uh, people reaching out on our Instagram about Wendy, uh, and that reminds me, Tiffany. I have to tell you, we got a new foster um, who who DM'd us on Instagram. You have to check your email because they send in a foster oh, application. Really? Uh, yeah, it's uh, the wonderful woman. She's also a Fairytales alumni oh. uh, who adopted the Schnauzer. Oh, uh, remember was his name Gaston or? Oh, is, the, is it? Is it? Oh, it's not okay. We okay. I don't remember. Uh, we have two. We had two Schnauzers. <laughs> He's uh, like a white one. Is it an older one? Yeah. Okay, they lived nearby. Oh, they want to foster? Yeah, they do. Oh, my God. So we get to go pull another dog. Yes. That's how this works. Like, we are a small local dog rescue, and we are completely foster home based. And when we get a new foster home, that means we get to go and pull another dog from the euthanasia list that would have otherwise then died. So Mm. it's so great. So, you know, what we do then is that we obviously find out what is a good fit for this foster home. Like size, energy, how much of a shutdown or easygoing dog do you, can you handle? Yeah, and and then we get to follow yeah, their journey. That is so. That is amazing. That's such great news because we were just at the shelter and they're way over capacity. They're about thirty five dollars. Thirty five dollars. Thirty five dogs over what they can normally fit. So. Oh, my God. Yeah, we were there this weekend. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Tiffany, paint the picture. Yeah, so there was, um, you know, a lot of dogs um, in the shelter. And there's also a lot of dogs on the pull list. So the dogs in the shelter is called general population. So that's where anybody can – they're deemed adoptable. So you can go in there and adopt from the general population. Fairy tales generally pulls from a list of dogs that are not shown in the shelter. They're in the behind the scenes and they're described as not adoptable because they're scared, timid, barky in the corner, you know, just not showing social socialization, all those things. So that is where we step in and put them in a home. And once they're in a home, loving home, it's like they're, it's night and day. So this is filled to the gills with 
general population as well as behind the scenes lots of other dogs they're like yeah yeah i drive there i had journey and puck my dogs in the car and when we get close to the dog shelter they just start screaming in the car because they can like smell the energy from there yeah. like the sadness from oh. all those dogs it's not a great place to be they don't want to be there it's it's depressing it's hard and this is why people need to open their homes it's just like uber you know you you open your cars to drive people around open your homes to keep dogs uh, out of the shelter yeah and you know it's this is what children's homes looked like once upon a time, minus the bars, you know. Yeah. Like obviously, that's more jail-like, but they were kind of just, like, stored and fed. And, you know, it, mm-hmm. yeah, they weren't euthanized, obviously. But I'm, I'm saying, like, the conditions that they're living under, mm-hmm. uh, it's, you know, it, they're just sitting in a cell. They They get little time outside or with humans or with Mm. other dogs and they do their best the people who work there are amazing that's not the problem yeah i mean the problem is that that we have the system and of course that we're allowing that dogs are overbred to the amount that we have dog shelters that are over full and we're just like paying tax money like you know making sure that these breeders can continue (laughs) on like merrily breeding like let's keep doing this it's working out great it doesn't make any sense because you wouldn't have this problem in the shelter spending all this resource and time money if you just fix that thing then it's all resolved but it is. It doesn't make sense. And I wanted to make a yeah. point on something you said. Yeah, but I also want to make a point. Okay. So when it doesn't make sense, you have to ask yourself with these issues, who is profiting from this problem? Mm, who is who, that's, that's, who is profiting? It's... But it's the, the breeders and the, the breeders, of course. And they are, you know, shooting money at lobbyists yeah. that are, like, not... Working laws through give budgets for uh, resources for actually enforcing these laws as well. We've been talking about how like they're so rarely reinforced the few animal laws mm. we have in America because mm. it's ridiculously few people employed that like run around to check on all the breeders and the puppy mills. Yeah, N- nothing. There's nobody. Yeah, so it's like no wonder it keeps happening in the news. Like, oh, this puppy mill was like blown up and like we found this situation over here. How could this go on? It's like, yeah, yeah. because you can do this for like a decade before somebody a comes decade. to check on you. A decade. Yeah. It's nauseating. It is nauseating. And that's the thing is you just got to follow the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Follow the money. Yeah, but exactly. And also, you got to follow us on Instagram. Help us spread the word. Tiffany, what's our Instagram? So it's fairy underscore tales underscore dog underscore rescue. And we really need your support because we really care about this subject. And we know you do, too, because that's why you're listening to it. So, like, what can you what can we do like do your part you know like we want to spread the news spread the knowledge spread the 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 experience that we go through as dog rescuers so um what was the point that you wanted to make oh you mentioned when you were talking about you know when we were talking about how the shelters are 
you know, bad for the dog and depressing and it's, it's the smell of death and all that. And you did mention that it's not the workers there to blame. And I wanted to touch on that because I have two worked in a shelter and we have friends who work at the, you know, our partners at, at the local shelter who get a lot of criticism for what they have to do. Like if a dog is on the euthanasia list and gets euthanized and, you know, that's not their fault. They're, that's the last thing they want to do, and they're fight so hard. It's like people have to understand how wh- how hard it is to work in those, that environment and give people these people grace and love and support. And I I wonder we've had this talk like why do some people think it's better for a dog to live in that in, in that horrible situation for years and days and months and whatever on end. Uh, well, I think it's because that you know you believe that uh, life is um, sacred, holy, and for that reason you don't want to kill anybody, and uh, you know everybody has a different stance on that. Some people think that kill shelters are, in a sense, more humane because, like you said, they're not spending their entire life like just living it out in a cell, being miserable. Instead, they just get to end end it mm-hmm. um but of course they also you know and possibilities of getting adopted but also it's not looking very good um i mean it's <coughs> a very difficult situation it's not black and white and but i think that the discussion should not necessarily be on whether or not uh, we should have uh, kill shelters or non-kill shelters because the issue is not that we're euthanizing the dogs or not. The issue is that the dogs are in the shelter in the first place. That's right. That's How do they get there in the first place? It's the backyard breeders and the puppy mills. It's the lack of legislation. That's where the issue is. That's where we solve the problem. Yes. Preach it, sister. I am. It's like putting the energy in the wrong place. That's where the conversation needs to be. Yeah, but right now the conversation is on the Humane Animal Welfare Act. Is that what it's called? Let me double check that. It's called the Animal Welfare Act. And that's what everybody's talking about right now. Okay, let's hear about it. Remember I sent you that text message a few days ago? Oh, okay, so let's... Can we we talk about it? Because that's... Okay, so... I have it here, Louise. It's like a picture of a bunny being tested on. Yep, I'm going to pull it up. The Animal Welfare Act requires wholesale breeders and dealers who supply animals to pet stores, brokers, or research, or, you know, uh, do cosmetics, that they, um, you know, have to be licensed with USDA. Okay, so I'm actually familiar with this. This is about testing on animals. And um, I'll just speak to it because it's like I work in the cosmetic industry. Um, So this is the U.S. bill that seeks to substantially restrict the use of animal testing for cosmetics nationwide and ban the sale of transport of any cosmetic products tested on animals. 11 U.S. states and 44 countries worldwide have rejected these horrific and unnecessary tests, which includes force-feeding animals, dripping products into their eyes, and applying products to their bare, braided skin. Modern non Animal methods provide faster results, more relevant to humans. So the, this is a band. And one thing is interesting to know is like, you know, because there, there's a whole, if you get the bunny on your products and things like that, that means that you're compliant. Um, so many brands, you get the bunny symbol. Yeah. 
uh, actually, well, it's so uh, when we talk about it as a band, it's a little misguiding because it's actually more um, uh, that it's a change in the system. Uh, like in order to get approved for the market or get approved as a drug or, or medicine, like one of the steps is that it has to be approved in animal testing. So they are removing that step as necessary to get approved to get like your product uh, one step out more out on the market as the process like the of bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really what's changing. So the, what I'm saying is that there can still be companies that produce cosmetics and drugs uh, that are tested on animals, even though this law goes through. And what's also you need to know is there's a certain. Um, the problem is, too, is like if you ship products, if you're a U.S.-made product or European-made product and you and you do not test on animals, however, you distribute to countries that do test on animals heavily, like in China, what happens is um, they, when they get your product, they do their own testing with your product on animals so your product is actually so if it's used and distributed in china it also has that so we always have to be very aware as consumers of what we buy mm-hmm. luckily there is such a thing as google and phones like really when you're shopping for makeup just give it a google you know yeah. give, give it, it a google, google. If you got a mascara just google is x mascara cruelty free yeah because cruelty-free is the theme. Like, this summer, Oregon joined the cruelty-free states of America. Give it an applause. Yay. Yay. Exactly. We were in Oregon this summer. And so we're very happy to hear that. They seem like a very green and friendly state. So, Oregon, you're welcome to join us over here. Uh, the states in America. Journey. Quiet. States in America that are cruelty-free are California. California, of course. California is it's it's great good on those kind of things for sure. Yeah, Tiffany, can you name them oh. as a game? Oregon. Um, I'm gonna guess which states are. Hold on, a uh, Washington state. N- no. Okay, so it's California, Oregon, Hawaii, Illinois, Louisiana. Maine and Maryland, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, and Virginia. Okay. I would have not guessed Virginia, but that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, everybody's moving forward. So now they're, this law is about enforcing a national ban yeah. on having cruelty-free cosmetics and medicine. And Yeah. I mean, I feel like that is big, but the, also, you know, there needs to be more laws on i still feel like it's breeding and and animal abuse and cruelty and abandonment and dogs on chains animal and all those things should be more criminally um charged like these those those things are just unacceptable in fact i was going to tell you speaking of animal abandonment um i'm picking up a little dog tomorrow from our shelter Oh, you are! I am. Oh, is it that little chihuahua? It's this tiny little, tiny. She's she's just like Frederick, four pounds. Like you know, oh. I have a soft spot for those. She's a little toy chihuahua. She's a tiny toy chihuahua. Oh my goodness! She is, um, you know, the kind that looks like a min pin. You know, mm. black and 
tan and white. Oh, those, yeah. That's adorable. She's terrified. Let me show you a picture. It's going to make you sad because she's, she's, I met her. She's cowered in a corner. And this is what happened to this poor little baby. <coughs> Let's see. Uh, first, I'm going to show Louise so she can understand because she knows pictures and dogs very well of behavior. Oh. If you can look, if you can see Louise's eyes, she is looking up like from a frog position, and uh, yeah, she is. So you know, her she got her butt tucked in, uh, her yeah. tail is cut off, uh, but she's looking just you can see very very sad. sad and crying out for help. Yeah, so I of course I'm going to pick her up tomorrow. Um, I told so, and I went to when we went to the shelter to go get Minerva. I saw her when I was looking at the dogs, and um, I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" And she, our partner at the shelter, told us that someone left her in a motel room, and then when the housekeeping came to clean the room, they found her. So that's how she ended up at the shelter. But they were able to track the person who checked into that hotel and tried is trying you know try to get a hold of them but uh you know they are non-responsive and you know avoidance so i hope that i was thinking I'm like well they should that they should be charged for animal abandonment yeah that should definitely be a criminal act yeah. to abandon a dog but i mean parents abandon their children you know and are, are they thrown in jail for that Yes, they are. They are? Absolutely. I mean, I feel like it's the thing about the dads who don't pay, uh, you know. Child support. Yeah. But, yeah. Anyway. anyway that's a whole different discussion. Yeah, it's a whole different discussion. <laughs> Another podcast. Yeah. But uh, we got to come up with that sweet. So, I'm gonna, so I, my goal is with this one. Is a socializer and get her more comfortable. And I do have a foster, Dave, Yay. who wants a small dog. And his, you know. Oh, so he's gonna take her? Well, I'm gonna see. I'm, he, I need to see how she looks. So shut down and scared. I may I need to keep her for a little bit longer to get her more comfortable. I'm, I'm not sure mm. so if he's he. So feel her out. Feel her out. She looks pretty. Mm. I mean, you know, you never know. You know, Louise, you never know. Most of our dogs that we pull are fine after one to three days <laughs> yeah. of decompression. They're just like yeah. bouncing around and they're so happy and excited to, you know, get to know the world and catch up on life. Yeah. Um, and then there are those that need more time and training. More time. You know, they're just like people. We all have our times. I mean, our, our you know, we all have our different emo- emotional needs and our mm. I believe our dogs are here to teach us something about ourselves and you know so if you your dog has an issue then you know so do you (laughs) i think it's just a helpful guide in life (sighs) but you know what the good news is people love their dogs like people who are dog lovers and have dogs that's like the love that you have for your dog besides the you know the shitty ones that are out there that abandoned their dogs in hotel room (laughs) exactly you know, yeah, those people. But other than that, yeah, people love their dogs. Yeah, it's, uh, amazing how much value they bring to a human life, and that's why we're here to get around this community, uh, because we know that there's a lot of you out there. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast.
Suck in the house.